attention. Welcome back to another edition of the No Further Comments podcast, a.k.a. the NFC. It's the week of October 3rd, and I'm your co-host, Alex Meacham. And to my left is the talented Mr. Glenn Riley. Man, just enlightening the Philistine before nightfall, buddy. <laughs> podcast number eight. And you know what that means? We always start off with our athletes that wore the jersey number eight. Glenn, let's start with baseball. Why don't you take a swing? Uh Oh, a swing. You like that? Uh, I see. Com- coming off... <laughs> <laughs> Coming off the opening pitch hot. Uh, I don't know. You uh, said Joe Morgan, right? Uh, Little Joe Morgan. Uh, the big Cal- red machine. Hey, let me tell you. Can I tell you something about Joe Morgan? I guess. Something I found out. thought this was really interesting. So when Joe Morgan first got into baseball and he was playing with Houston, he used to drop his elbow. Okay. I don't know if you ever heard the story. When he hit, and he had a lot of trouble hitting. Uh huh. So his teammate told him, why don't you, you flap? flap it? Yeah, yeah. And that's how he developed the chicken flap okay. when he was playing. And that led to him doing the chicken dance in the world's largest chicken, chicken dance here at the Oktoberfest. Yeah. I, I, I hate that tradition. Uh, and I loved it. One thing that you, tri- you don't hate until you, they ask you to do it. <laughs> one thing that always tripped me out about Joe Morgan is that in the 80s when um, they still played uh, baseball games on, on, on regular television, Joe Morgan and I think it was uh, Marty Brenneman and and whoever else was on the uh, broadcasting the joint. They would like occasionally veer off into pop culture and and, and other subjects. Uh huh. Joe Morgan, all about the baseball. It was it was almost that he was salty that they would even bring up up anything other than the game in hand. You need that guy. Yeah. Um, all right. Who else you got? Number eight. Uh, Cal Ripken. The Iron Man. Yeah. That's that's a that's a dubious record too. You just keep you just didn't get sick. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations on your, your your health, sir. Cal Ripken, born in Maryland. Okay. Dad coached, uh, I believe, with the Orioles. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. And um uh, had a brother to play for him as well. I, I I remember I had his rookie card, but it but he didn't really pan out. Yeah. Keeping it in Maryland. Who else you have? Number eight baseball. Uh Willie Stargell. Yep. Pops. Pops. Yep. Uh, we are family. Pittsburgh Pirates. Pillbox hats. <laughs> the best. The, the, Those the, are the best hats. The, the, the John Candelaria. <laughs> that and that Expo hat are my two favorites. Yeah, the Expo hat is slept on. I was uh, a friend of mine's daughter um, appreciates my 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 style and wanted me to um, dress her, and I was telling her like I was gonna get her Expo hat, and she was not having it. Wait, wait, wait. She wait a minute. Explain this again. She wanted me to to to. Um, she liked your style. Yeah, she wanted me to like 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 hook her up with a, with an outfit, and I was I was gonna get her an expose hat. She's a super cute little girl. It, w- it would have been killing, and, and she wasn't having it. She went down with it. Yeah, I didn't know you were the uh, uh, to, to, to fashion the, consultant to the <laughs> yeah to 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 to, to children <laughs> child child fashion I'm, consultant, ladies. And gentlemen. I'm worried. Yeah, Yogi Berra. Okay. Yogi Bear was born on May 12th. Guess who else was born on May 12th? Rick Springsteen. <laughs> Me. Wow. Yes. Sh- shares a birthday. That's right. Both born on May 12th. Tauruses. Somebody shares a birthday with me. That I, f- I forget who it is. I-, I was always geeked when I was a kid that uh, Greg Evigan, um, star of BJ and the Bear, <laughs> shared, shared, shared a birthday with Glenn. <laughs> you were excited about that? <laughs> yeah, that was geek. That was 
I was essentially a truck driver at that moment. Number eight, moving on to football. Uh, Steve Young. Yep. Troy Aikman. Yep. Rivals, the two. Yes. Um, let me see. That's about it. Um, the Peyton Manning's dad, Archie. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Had had very, had very little success in uh, it, with with the Saints um, team wise. John Kitna. Okay. That that man loved Jesus. Well, I'm going to give you an interesting fact about John Kitna. He did not become a Christian uh-huh. until college. Okay. Matter of fact, his mom and dad <laughs> well, he, were. He doubled were, down on it once he got there. The mom and dad were non-religious. Okay. Yep. He converted them. Oh, he converted them. Yes. Oh, okay. But it wasn't until college. How funny would it be if like Tebow like like became atheist like <laughs> late, late late in the game just said nah, <laughs> not, not it's not for me. <laughs> All right, basketball. Take a shot. Uh, I'm. I'm drawing a blank. I, I remember. I guess someone said Spreewell, but but I consider Spreewell um, fifteen more. Um, who's your boy? Um, Antoine Walker. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, Celtics. That's a slept-on jersey, by the way. And then you remember he briefly pay, played for them again, and somebody had number eight, and he rocked eighty-eight. <laughs> like, like like he was Eric Lindros in the game. Let me ask you this. So you said Latrell Sprewell, who was number eight with the Knicks. Yeah. Also, J.R. Smith was number eight with the Knicks. Okay. Which one do you select if you could take one player, number eight from the Knicks, Latrell Sprewell, or J.R. Smith? Both of them crazy. Which one do you take? Oh, uh, that's a lot of tattoos. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going with I'm going with well, Sprewell was, was obviously better. J.R. had that one year that he, he was like 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 killing the game, but but that's kind of like the – apex of his career but he did have his career season and, and he's such a fan favorite yeah i, I agree with latrell he, he just did i think a lot more things on the court yeah the, the innovator of not only braids in the in the nf in the nba but also um rims that that, that spin <laughs> once the car is, is stationary kobe which kobe do you like better Young the kobe. fro the fro kobe why because he was, it was first of all, the, if you're gonna have like Kobe didn't bald, Kobe still has hair. He still could have had the fro. He could have maintained the fro all twenty years of his career or whatever. He could have, and it was an iconic haircut. And it always bothered me that that he cut it because it's such a weird thing with Kobe. It's like fro Kobe, and then who's number eight, and then there's short haired Kobe who's number twenty four. And it's like there's like a weird. That bothered you? Inter- yeah, it, it bothered me immensely. <laughs> I, <laughs> you can't sleep at night? I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm haunted by this. Well, it just seemed like you had something going. You had your own, own thing. Nobody, I mean, who of the last 20 years has, like, like the Kobe cut? You know what I'm saying? It was, like, his own thing. I mean, it's basically him and um, and um, who's the former um, Laker great <laughs> in the 60s? Who was always, the head of Fro? Yeah, who was always at the um at the um he later became a Clippers um um GM or whatever. Oh uh um, You know what I'm talking about. Oh man. Yeah. Is it uh Elgin? Yeah, Elgin, Elgin Baylor. Baylor. Yeah. Yep. He, he was the Yeah, he did have that. The, those were the only two guys <laughs> in LA LA. Elgin Baylor and Kobe Bryant had the same haircut. Let me ask you a question. Oscar Robertson, he has managed to have the same exact haircut since since Literally 1963. 
amazing. Like it hasn't grown, it hasn't got any shorter, no hairline. It's got a little more salt and pepper. Yeah. But it's the exact same haircut. <laughs> His haircut is the big old <laughs> Mr. Consistency. How funny would it be if you just uh went to a, a barbershop and just said, um, give me a big O. <laughs> they know. <laughs> they said, We got you. Give we got a, you, fam. Give, give me give me a triple double. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I get 10, 10 to 10 on that. Speaking speaking of Big O and the Bearcats, I want to bring up a number eight. A Bearcat great. Some have not heard this guy. Um, if you're really a Bearcat fan, you've heard this guy. His name is Connie Durking. He played for the UC Bearcats from 1955 to 1957. He was drafted by the Syracuse Nationals at number five. Okay. Now, listen to this one. When he played for the Bearcats, he, and he, matter of fact, he still holds the single season rebounding record. At 18.8 rebounds a game. <laughs> they missed so many shots back in the day, though. Well, here's another one. And I'm going to ask you to see if you can guess this. Okay. Connie Durking also has the single game rebounding record Okay. at how many rebounds a game do you think? Take a guess. This was 19. This is back in the 50s, so. I'm going to say 41. A little lower. 36. Close. 33. Okay. Still, still holds that record. Now, now, sadly, Connie Durking passed away in 2013. Okay, his daughter Cammy has been a longtime news anchor here oh, okay. in Cincinnati. Yeah, for, yeah, no doubt. Yep, Channel 12, WKRC, and Channel and 12 is the big author. I like how you brought it all together, <laughs> and that brings us to our anniversary segment. I want to bring up the anniversary of a CBS hit show. Okay, WKRP in Cincinnati. 1978, it debuted. It's the anniversary of the show. Okay. Aired for four seasons. That's all? That's all, but the syndication just really took off. And that's funny how that, sometimes that works with shows. They're only on for you know four or five seasons, yeah. but their syndication's like oh, 16 years. Yeah, I, I never got that in, um, in uh, oh, wow, we're playing a theme song. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a great theme song right there. Yeah. I'm living on the air in Cincinnati. Hey. Cincinnati okay. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me tell you what's crazy. I'm glad you played that, Mario, because did you know that that song came out on a 45 record? Okay. On M- on um, uh, MCA Records. Okay. People loved that song so much they <laughs> released it as a single. Oh wow. <laughs> that's insane. That's crazy. Uh, do you remember some of the? Uh, I remember Lonnie show? Anderson. Yes, I, that's, I remember, a, that's the only I one you remember. Li- that's, that's all I need to know. <laughs> Les Nessman. Uh, I remember Johnny Fever. Johnny Fever. Yeah, you're missing somebody, man. Come on, you're, you're missing mm. the one. Every CBS show had one black dude. Okay. Oh yeah, that that guy. What was his name? Venus Flytrap. Okay. Yep. Tim Reed. Yeah, Tim Reed. CBS always had one black dude. So Tim Reed was the the husband of. Uh, um, Light skinned mom on um and Viv uh, on Viv yeah oh yeah yeah that that that's his wife I think yeah I did not know that yep a l- little something you get from J Cole <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one thing that I loved about that show was obviously it being a Cincinnati you know intro and just the whole things around Cincinnati but the opening sequence of the show you know they've got this uh, radio dial kind of going on and off in the opening and. Then they've got this bird that starts to fly, and right as the bird flies, 
that theme song hits. Yeah, yeah. And then that car is driving through the city yeah, and driving over the highway. Sort of skyline. Yeah, yeah. And then they pass uh, Riverfront Stadium. I, I didn't, as a kid, I didn't understand like, that that show didn't emanate from Cincinnati. It that, that like if a, if a show took place in Cincinnati, I took that on face value. Also, if a show, took, you mean that it was filmed here? Yeah, like obviously the intros filmed filmed here, right? But but you know everything was filmed. I assume in Hollywood, but. As a child, that wasn't registering me. Other things that weren't registering me, um, like time periods, like um, Happy Days, which which took place in the fifties. Uh-huh. I just thought Happy Days was, was they were just kept showing it, like it, it actually happened. I, I didn't get that Holly that the Happy Days was a, a current show that was set in the fifties. Oh, okay, that eluded me. I got you. For example, the Waltons, and I was always kind of puzzled, like, so how does the Waltons work? Because this takes place in like the the thirties. But yet, it's going on now. Like, is this show that good? Like, like, and then you see like John Boy and like other work that was contemporary. And it, yeah, yeah. It was. It was really. It was really puzzling. It was almost well, as puzzling as, as Kobe's um, changing haircut. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because I believe they only filmed maybe one or two shows here in Cincinnati, and they did one on Fountain Square. Okay. I think there was maybe one other okay. that they've ever filmed here. But yeah, that's kind of uh, interesting how that works. But. Um, I, it always just struck me. I always thought it was cool when they uh, when they pass Riverfront. Uh, that just that just that kind of scene, and that brings me. Uh, speaking of Riverfront Stadium, to talk about the NFL a little bit. Finishing up Week Four of the NFL, let's run through that a little bit, Glenn. Yeah, okay. AFC East, the Patriots in their lead at three and one, which is interesting because of their whole QB situation. Yeah, t- Tom Brady's now back in the building. He's back. The flake gate's over with. Yeah, you know he, he's just he's just got to be be chomping at the bit. Like if, if they can if they can route teams, you know, like they did before uh, the Spygate thing. Mm-hmm. And you know it's, it's a big thing that uh, if they win the Super Bowl to put him up front, so Roger Goodell's got to uh, got to give him the the trophy. Ooh, and, and 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 I've already come up with the tagline. If, if Roger Goodell gives Tom Brady the trophy, he needs to pick it up and says, "Roger, feels a little light." <laughs> Feels a little like <laughs> you've been thinking about there, this. There you go. You've been thinking about this. Yeah, Sh- ship it gold, Tom. <laughs> ship it gold. Did you see the pictures of uh, Tom Brady in Italy last week? No, I heard he was um, nude on the beach or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He, he was naked, just hey. chilling in the sun. It is what it is. Your your wife's a supermodel. In the AFC South, the Texans are in the lead with three and one. Jacksonville's one and three. <laughs> they're at the bottom. London's team. <laughs> That's right. Always playing in London. Yeah, because their, their attendance is, it sucks. Which brings me to the point, why in 2010 they did not draft Tim Tebow? And it still bothers me. It shouldn't bother me. Because he's an atheist. <laughs> I mean, all you had to do was draft Tebow, and it puts people in the seats. The guy's in the state of Florida, at the University of Florida. He's from Jacksonville, got a built-in audience right there. Yeah, it's it's it seemed easy to me. What? Well, you know the the NFL is, is has such a um, you know um, set ways of doing things that no one thinks out the box. So I don't know. I, I wish they would have done it just because it would have been fun and, and teams. You know, I mean, especially after after you saw Tebow win games in Denver and you saw. Jacksonville 
be poor year after year after year. Like it was the perfect chance to do it. Right. And, and I don't know. And I think the owner wanted to do it, but he didn't want to be perceived as, you know, interfering in the, in the machinations of the team. But you know, if, <laughs> if, if I own the team, I would be like, look, you're drafting Tebow and we'll just hire, you know, whoever's down to coast, coast the team, you know, to build the offense around him. But yeah, you, you know, with, with Tebow and, I've said this to people who tell me Tebow needs to switch positions. Okay, and I say, you know what? It, you need to he, switch positions. <laughs> here, here's why, here's why I think Tebow refuses to switch positions and go to you know whatever other position other than quarterback. I think in his mind, he's still not failed as a quarterback. Okay, I think if he would have been the starting quarterback for Jacksonville. And for a season, he did not do well, and it didn't pan out. I believe, I truly believe, Tebow would have switched positions and still would be in the NFL. But I don't think he thinks he's ever failed. <laughs> he has a God complex. I mean, I get it, but he, he's got to know the other side of the debate, which is you played a season's worth of ball and – the manner in which you won these games was so statistically unlikely and your, you know, percentage passer rating and, and, and all the, you know, the measurables were just really subpar, but you know, they won when they won. I mean, I, I can, I, I can never take that from me. And I'm always kind of like, look, I don't like to see anyone succeed and then not get another chance. Right. And that, I mean, you had to basically bring in, arguably the greatest quarterback of this generation in order to supplant Tim Tebow. Right. So, but yet no other team. I mean, it's, it's just a, a tribute to the stubbornness of the the NFL. Cause my, I've always had a thing that, that said you have 32 quarterbacks starting in the NFL every Sunday. If you don't include Monday and Thursday, you understand what I'm saying? People, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's 16 games. <laughs> if, if there's somebody on the street that is better than one of these 32 quarterbacks, I mean, like you can't tell me right now that Vince Young wouldn't be beat out the, the 29th best quarterback in the NFL. That, mm-hmm. that's, that's laughable. Like, Michael Vick is still a top 32 quarterback. Now, you always have to have a, a rotation of young guys who might develop into something, so you can't necessarily count out, you know, someone who at the time isn't, you know, in the top 20. But – you know, you get these guys year after year, and they're kind of like, okay, I don't think that, um, you know, Blaine Gabbert's got what it takes to, like, consistently be successful in the NFL, but because he's a prototype quarterback, he's going to get way more of a look than, than, than they ever gave Tebow. And, you know, it just feels unfair. What do you think about Tebow taking his chances playing baseball? I guess he's got to sign a contract to the Mets Instructional League. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I hope he does well. I mean, I mean, he was apparently good in high school. I mean, there again, that's a opportunity that probably wouldn't be afforded to most people. But you know, as Max Kellerman said, "Do not ask for whom the bell tolls; the bell tolls for thee." First at bat, first pitch in the Mets instructional league, Tebow hits it out the park. Yeah, the the pitcher was told to groove him one. You think so? Right down the middle. Pitcher's name was uh, John Kilachowski. Okay, that makes no difference. <laughs> <laughs> Remember I, that name. I, I, Remember ironically, that name. Ironically enough, his daughter works at Joe 12. <laughs>
<laughs> you know that. Julie Klajowski. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the AFC North, the Ravens are three and one. That's fool's gold. And they lost to the Raiders. Yeah, who are three and zero on the road for the first time in sixteen years. The Raiders are on the come up. I don't know how much I believe in the Raiders, though. I mean, I think they're they're, they're much improved. Um, Khalil Mack's a beast. Mario Cooper's uh-huh. a beast. Um, Michael Cra- Michael Crabtree has long been a, one of my favorite players because if if I was to cast a show with a, a football player as an athlete, he would just be out of central casting. Someone who just seems like <laughs> like he's kind of um, arrogant but oblivious to the fact that he would be be pissing people off and like bothersome, and he's got like a smile that just kind of resonates that mm-hmm. yeah so uh if, if he retires early i've got a script for michael crabtree <laughs> now the uh, raiders are coached by jack del rio whose son is the starting quarterback for the uh, florida gators oh okay yep it, it shows you how old we are i remember when jack del rio was playing for the um, the usc trojans time flies let's talk about you know while we're in the afc north the Bengals, and I want to talk about those color rush jerseys. What do you think about that? I like those. That, that was that was one um, that I, I approved of, strictly because there is such thing as a white Bengal tiger. Tiger. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like that was um, one of the Cincinnati Zoo's, um, you know, trademark mark animals. And 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 as you know, um, anything that would take our attention away from Harambe. <laughs> We, we, I'm so sick we, of that. We, Why we, is that? How is that a thing? We didn't go with the Harambe color rush this year. <laughs> did, did you see the uh, the guy ran on the field? I forget what game it was. Uh, it might have been the Cowboys game. I'm not sure where the guy dressed as a gorilla ran on the uh, field, and he was wearing a um, All Lives Matter T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. And, and apparently, um, because of like you know, is the thing with Cam Newton not not being as as fervently pro black as people would have liked. And there's a meme out there that says, um, like, come on, Cam, we all know it's you. I'm like, that is terrible. That is too harsh. Stop it, people. Do you did you like the uh, Dolphins color rush? Yeah, those weren't bad. Um So you like the Bengals better than Yeah, yeah. Why now why'd they decide to do this? Um, because if you get a third jersey, people will spend money on it. Uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't there's really no reason. I don't know if they, they felt that it would be some sort of um thing to make the um Thursday night games different but um I like the idea in theory but but certain teams you know obviously work better than, than others and you know like like well I guess the problem is you have teams that are like you know classic like like the Packers you know what I mean and you're kind of like uh oh, do we really want to mess with the Packers do we really want to mess like the Lions like why are you making the Lions third color black that just seems goofy because the lions you know what i mean and they had a black jersey before but like certain teams it's like they're making their jerseys i mean i would just prefer to just do throwbacks mm-hmm. yeah and i mean if you can modernize you know the modern teams you can modernize their jerseys but the teams that have like a historical significance it always seems kind of dubious to like switch up what what they're doing but well hey the afc west the broncos are 4-0 with a new quarterback yeah and their 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 defensive secondary is now known as no fly zone. No fly zone. I'm I'm gonna ask that you not not take Ray Schremer in, in vain. <laughs> the NFC East. This is where we're going to bring our super producer Mario. And the Eagles are three and zero. I believe they were on the bye week this week. Yeah, they were on the bye week. Uh, I think they got a win on that too. So still undefeated. And it's only two undefeated teams remaining tonight. After tonight, it only might be one. So 
You're talking about the Vikings lose to the Giants? If they lose to the Giants, then okay. the Eagles will be alone as the last undefeated team in oh, the wow. NFL. Yeah, okay. All right, Mario. <laughs> You're, we came into the studio today, and Mario's wearing his uh, fleece of uh, Eagles pullover. Yeah, yeah, straight, straight from NFLshop.com. <laughs> yep. And he had on the table a Tracy McGrady throwback jersey which, which autograph which was really random he just wanted to sh- he just wanted to show us that he had it you stunt mario yeah. what else are you bringing in here next week mario i'm bringing the king's jersey in next week oh okay he's like th- baby he's gonna- <laughs> wow of, of all people you're that dude that just has random is wait a minute is the baby jersey autographed no it's not autographed. okay okay the, if you were to go with a retro eagles jersey who do you get and i and i have an answer in mind and i'll tell you if you're right or wrong Retro Eagles jersey. Who, who's your selection? Uh, how, how far are we talking? How far are we talking back, though? We could go back to to the to the sixties. I was going to say because if we going retro, technically Donovan McNabb would be retro right now. Yeah, no, I'm saying any time throughout the 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 uh, the team's history. I mean, you know, you go back to Bed and Eric. Or, well, uh, Donovan McNabb is my favorite. That's how I became an Eagles fan. Okay, but outside of Donovan, probably either Reggie White or Randall Cunningham. Okay, the right answer was Mike Quick. number number 82 mike quick moving on to the nfc south the atlanta falcons are three and one that's surprising very much so by the way i need need the falcons to change their uniforms because their their uniforms right now are are, after the ravens perhaps the most problematic uniforms in in, in the nfl right now what do you think they need to do uh i would i would really like if they went back to the um the retro jerseys that that they they had what the um, Steve Bartkowski um, era, um, red when they had the red helmet. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that, the red helmet. Yeah, I, I, I like those um, a lot. You, you can see that jersey in um, in um, the Marcus Houston video uh, produced by R. Kelly up in the club. <laughs> the NFC North, the Vikings, who play tonight on Monday Night Football, are three and zero. They play the Giants. Um, matter of fact, that game's uh, in Minnesota. It goes to show how little the running back position is valued that they can lose Adrian Peterson for the season practically. And people are like, yeah, whatever. Um, right. The Vikings are still a contender. Like, like this is arguably the best player year after year in the NFL, and he's gone, and it really doesn't, you know, stop their world from spinning. The Packers. Let me, let me say something real quick before, we, uh, before I dive into a couple other things. Yeah. In the NFC North. From my Shining Star basketball program. Okay. We've had three players playing in the NFC North. And the Vikings uh, have uh, Kyle Rudolph. Packers have Quentin Rollins. And Greg Scruggs played for the Bears. He was recently picked up by the Patriots last week. So he's with the Patriots now. He might get a ring from them as well. That would be two rings. Yeah. One from the Seahawks. We were hoping that you you can get four players on in one division. And then it could be some sort of a, a, a scandal. <laughs> that would be the Shining Star scandal. <laughs> the Shining Star scandal. In the NFC West. You get betting tips. The, the, LA, the LA Rams are three and one. And Glenn, I like to see that. Yeah. I like to see a new fan base. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I know what you're about to say Nelly, about the Rams. I'm saying Nelly is pissed. <laughs> no. Tell me tell me about the LA Rams. What what do they need to change? They need to change the uniforms. Absolutely. And they need to um get rid of the, the metallic gold and go to the yellow. And quietly, they need to rock 
the yellow jersey that they used to have back back in the day. The Dickerson? Uh no, previous to that, like like the 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 um Bob Waterfield Crazy Legs Hirsch or um era jerseys. They were all yellow. I think they wore them um in um the 94 season when when mm-hmm. they were rocking the 75th anniversary and and Bettis was wearing it um Okay. It was like all all yellow um no accent color. So it's just yellow and blue numbers. Yellow jersey, blue numbers, blue stripes on the sleeves, not on the shoulders, and uh white pants with um blue yellow blue stripe down the side. Mario is nodding his head in complete agreement. He approves that. Yeah. Now now the problem is their blue jersey of that same kind is not as good. So with the blue jersey you would almost want to go with the uh, but you know, like the the Vikings in the Randy Moss era, mm-hmm. their um the templates of the home and away jerseys were different. Well, uh-huh. Rand, Randy Moss is on the screen right now. Well, actually, it's not. But they they, they actually just showed a, a oh, okay. Randy Moss oh, uh, wow. clip right before that. Yeah, yep. we have a TV in here. It's a, it's a flat screen and it, it, it's more expensive than anything I own in my house. <laughs> but yeah, if the, if they could get their their jersey situation uh, straightened out, that would that would you know I, I think that's coming down the pike, but. Uh, I don't know what it, it it would be a way to distinguish. Their, oh yeah, their, yeah. But but what salty is their first year in um in St. Louis, they um you know their 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 first few years they had the um the yellow jersey before they switched and then to they gold. switched. Yeah, and they won their Super Bowl in the with, gold. Yeah, in the in the in the no in, in the um yellow. It was the last year in the yellow. Oh, did they? Yeah, that, that's that's kind of a weird thing. Like so, so um, Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, they're you know first year mm-hmm. stardom there. They're they're in the old joints. Well, speaking of L.A., I'm going to use L.A. as a segue. Each week, we use a famous person's life as the theme of our episode. This week, it's the life of Tom Selleck, <laughs> or more famously known as Magnum P.I. Tom Selleck was born January 29, nineteen forty-five, in Detroit, Michigan. Okay. Moved to Sherman Oaks, California as a young guy. Sell out. He was a model when he was young. Me too. <laughs> you sound like Trump now. Like you just throwing your little zingers in. Here's an interesting fact about Tom Selleck that I guarantee you most people don't know. He, <laughs> You're guaranteeing that. I'm guaranteeing this, this, this that. Is a money back guarantee? He earned a scholarship to play basketball. To play basketball at USC. Okay. Most people would never know that. He played with O.J. Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you ever seen uh, University of Southern California before? Have you ever? I, I know you've not been there, but because you've not really been out of the state in a long time, right? <laughs> I haven't been out about this. <laughs> not for legal <laughs> issues. No, but... <laughs> no, I've been. No, I go to. Uh, uh, I haven't been on a, a for real vacation other than Chicago and probably man, it's going on fifteen years. It's really sad because I've been everywhere. Like 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 when I was a kid, like we we went on a vacation like every year. So I've right. been like like in the nineties. I, I was I was I was all all over the map. I was I was I was Carmen San Diego for the nineties. Have you ever been to California? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've been I've I've been all up and down the the the, the western seaboard. There you go. Yeah, I went to uh, San Diego. L.A., San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. You were really young? No, no. I was was a teenager. Did you get a chance to go to South Central L.A.? I avoided there. Shame on you. Yeah. That's where uh, USC is. Yeah, I heard heard it's it's really in the hood. 
Well, and, and South Central's changed a lot. Now now apparently it's called South LA. Okay. They've they've changed it to make it seem <laughs> like it's it's different in It's all about branding when it comes to gang warfare. <laughs> well, a lot of um South Central has changed. It is almost ninety two percent Hispanic now. Okay. Where I flipped that, it used to be ninety eight percent black. Okay. It's. I mean, it is. It looks totally different. Once the Hispanics came, the, the blacks didn't. They were like, "We out of here." I mean, what's the? I don't. I, I would really like to know in in, in um in the minds of of a, a racist um <laughs> housing sector, which is least desirable. Like, is there there a thing that 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 like <laughs> did the Mexicans bring up or bring down the property value in South LA? <laughs> That's right. You got to say South LA. South. LA. But I've always wanted to go to a football game, a college football game uh-huh. at USC. Then it, it's always just seemed cool to me. Yeah, I mean, well, it's such a weird thing because, like, you know, in the OJ, you know, from OJ to to the mid '80s, they were really dominant, and then they were just weak for like right for almost two decades, and then Pete Carroll brought them back to prominence, and you know, if in theory. If you're just picking schools based on city, you know you 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 win. Like like doesn't doesn't everyone? If you could just you know, all things being equal, don't you pick L.A. over, you know, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Columbus, Ohio? You you you, you know what I'm saying? That's where you would go. But you know, if the the team isn't strong, you know what I'm saying? What 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 can be done? Well, well, speaking of that, we just finished up week five of the NCAA football season. Yeah. Top five college football teams. Alabama's at one. Uh-huh. Ohio State's at two. You hear that? Clemson at three. I know you're an Ohio State fan. Clemson at three. Okay. Mario's Michigan Wolverines at four. Always looking up at the Buckeyes somehow. <laughs> and Washington at five. Washington was really impressive against Stanford. And and and, and I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, of Seattle. I really like Washington. If we want to talk uniforms, I love Seattle too. I'm, I'm with you on that. That's their retro um, championship uniforms from um, 1960 are 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 chez magnifique. <laughs> uh, it, it it might be one of my favorite um, top three college football uniforms of all time, and and I'm compiling a list of the top 20. Speaking of that, what do you think of uh, Michigan? Um, you know, they just unveiled their their basketball. Obviously, the football uniforms are you know have been unveiled. They're playing in them. Yeah, but the the whole Jordan, the new Jordan line of uniforms. Uh, I mean, they they stayed pretty consistent to what what has been done before. I mean, I'm the Adidas ones were kind of going in an area that I I didn't necessarily like. I, I mean, I think the Fab Five kind of uh, made that era's uniforms fairly iconic so i don't know how right. much leeway you have to and, and that's one of the things that's always weird about um you know a brand switch of an iconic um school because you don't really have the leeway to like hook things up like you know i'm looking at um louisville um play last or a couple nights ago in clemson uh-huh. and adidas has louisville and they can just whatever like it's it's no right it's no you know the didn't, the alumni is not gonna write a letter didn't their helmets yeah they have had, like a uh metallic yeah it's like, like liquid liquid metal or whatever yeah like like um and aren't they aren't they wearing an ali 
thing on the back of their helmet too. Yeah, I think they're like some butterfly patch. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And let me tell you that that kid Lamar Jackson is, is the fastest human I've seen since Ben Johnson. They've been they've been pretty good. Yeah. What do you think about the college football season so far? Uh, I mean, you know, college football season is always has a share of wackiness. Um, it's weird. Some of the teams that were slated to be good, like Oklahoma, is is basically already out. Notre Dame is already out, which, which pleases me. So, um, why, why do you like to see Notre Dame lose? I, I think um, Notre Dame and um, Michigan are, are the the two most entitled fan bases in, in, in college football. I used to love when they played each other because it just guaranteed a loss right off the bat. Like like bam, one of you all is out out of out of legitimate contention. And 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 we're not even in week three yet, so and they're, they're supposed to be resuming that rivalry. So I, I look forward to that. Well, LSU with were, Glee. LSU at the beginning of the year was uh, preseason top ten. Yeah, and they fire less miles. They're out of the top twenty-five. And I will be in the house on okay. Saturday for the Florida Gators versus LSU game. Oh, okay. In the swamp, I'm headed down there. That should be interesting. I, yeah, I was pretty. Hold on a second. I was pretty. Ex- I was pretty excited to uh, head down to this game, especially when I decided to go down preseason. Okay, thinking LSU was going to be be a dominant. Yeah, yeah thought, thought Fournette was going to be be. Oh yeah, kicking butt and taking names. But you know, it's always jumping in the swamp. Yeah, M- Mario, what do you have? All right, so I've been on this whole kick since Les Miles got fired. I think UC should go after Les Miles. Well, that's a that's a you bring up a a topic that a lot of people were talking about. I was at the uh, Bearcat game the other night, and a lot of people want Tommy Tuberville gone, and um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone at some point. I don't know if you fire him in the uh, middle of the year or at the end. The problem's going to be the buyout with him. I think they're 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 worried about that, but I think Les Miles would would be a good choice. I also like if uh, if Texas. Loses to Oklahoma. Oh, if you get Charlie Strong, Charlie Strong would be a would be a great great hire. Uh, matter of fact, I'll make that call for them. I would love to see him here. I agree with that. I wanted him to be the Michigan head coach mm-hmm. before he accepted the Texas job. So pre Jim Harbaugh even being considered to go to Michigan, I wanted Charlie Strong, but he goes to Texas. Harbaugh comes over. The rest is history. Then they'll yeah. be the yeah, yeah, 2017 history by the week by the by the week of schedule in a an NCAA. Oh, it says <laughs> an Ohio State fan. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, who played Oklahoma, sir? Rank, ranked higher than Houston. Ohio State at the time. Here we go. Houston. Here we go. Houston Mario Glenn going at it. Well, you, you you know the you know wait, the rankings, man. Wait, did Michigan just beat? Minnesota, who was ranked in the top ten? Uh, no, it was Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. But, but, but get sorry. your get your facts right before you make an argument against Glenn Riley about the Ohio State Buckeyes, sir. Okay, so they just beat Wisconsin, and they'll beat Ohio State this year. And I think Ohio State right now is the best team in the Big Ten right now. So what's going to happen in the next? Um, um, <laughs> More games will be played. Michigan will get into a better groove. Who lost their left tackle for the season yesterday? We did. Hey, Michigan did, and that's fine. You know what? But they have – it's a thing called depth. And when you, when you have a, <laughs> a great coach, you have good recruits, and those good recruits – Good recruits. Who, who were backups are now great players on the field. I've got to share a little fact with you, Mario. In the last eight years, this has been the commonality of all eight champions. They either had that year's reigning Heisman Trophy winner or they were coached by Nick Saban or Urban Meyer. Something to think about as you go to sleep tonight. And on that note, I'm going to 
segue hey, this Michigan talk. The more things change, the more they stay the same. I'm going to segue this Michigan that, talk back to a, that means nothing. Back to a Michigan native, Tom Selleck. Okay. All right, Tom Selleck first appeared on the dating game in 1965, and then he reappeared in 1967. So the first one didn't work out. I don't know. I don't think so. Then he was in Pepsi commercials. He played. Some, <laughs> okay. He played some. Uh, you know what? A, you know what a commercial can do for you. Oh, it could set you off. Tyrese. Yeah, always Coca Cola. That that paid off big time for him. Tyrese is so. I, I get so sick of his 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 his, his, uh, his. What's the word I'm looking at at for for Tyrese's uh, Facebook post? Um, oh, his self serving. <laughs> Well, Tom Selleck played a few bit part movies here and there, but he landed a role as a private investigator on the Rockford Files with James Gardner. Okay. Now, this role as a private investigator led him to get the leading role in the show Magnum P.I. as he played Thomas Magnum. (laughs) Thomas Magnum. Who is the writer on that? Well, listen to this one. Speaking of the writers and the producers... They would not let Tom Selleck take another role once he signed on to play Magnum P.I. So he couldn't go appear in any other. He couldn't be on Fantasy Island. He couldn't take a movie role. Couldn't do anything else. He had to dedicate his time to Magnum P.I. <laughs> now, this was in 1980. Okay. Man. Now, what happened was George Lucas contacted Tom Selleck and said, I want you to star in my film, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I want you to be Indiana Jones. Oh, wow. And Tom Selleck had to turn it down. So obviously Harrison Ford, you know, got the gig. But the crazy thing is Tom Selleck actually could have played that role. He could have been Indiana Jones because they went on a, the the writers and everyone went on a strike in Hollywood. So Magnum P.I. did not actually start their filming until 1981 when Indiana Jones was filming, and they wrapped up, and they released the movie in 1981. So Tom Selleck is a horrible uh, (laughs) predictor of project (laughs) success. I would like to know how much more money Harrison Ford has compared to Tom Selleck. Good question. I don't know. Yeah. Millions. Well, Magnum, it, it lasted eight years on CBS. 1980 to 1988. Should, should have never been canceled. Never. <laughs> should, should continue to this day. Well, what I loved about the show was there was so many little, the, the characters on it is what I really loved. Robin Masters was uh, was an author, and he owned all this property, and one of the properties he owned was a, a, a big estate in Hawaii. Now, Robin Masters never appeared on the show, <laughs> Magnum P.I. You only heard his voice, whether it was via telephone or you know, how, you know. I think there was one time where he was in a room and you heard his voice. Like Doctor Claw, exactly. But that voice was Orson Welles. Oh wow! Yeah. Now, the character Higgins, Higgins was the caretaker for the property that Robin Masters owned. So Higgins basically let Magnum PI live on the property and drive Robin Masters Ferrari. Yes, the famous <laughs> Ferrari. That's so crazy. Do you remember Higgins had those two Doberman pinchers? Oh yeah, yeah. Zeus and Apollo. Oh, that's a man. <laughs> I wonder was that was that uh, taken up by the Simpsons and uh, Mr. Burns um, Dobermans? I gotta see if they have a name. That that might be something to to research later. Well, you know, towards the uh, the end in 1988 of the the filming of Magnum PI, and some of the um, episodes, Magnum suspected Higgins 
was really Robin Masters. Oh wow! Just something for all the Magnum fans out because, there. Because because when you're you're a billionaire, you want everyone to think that you're a servant. <laughs> <laughs> now back to my point earlier when we were talking, and we were talking about uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. We were talking about Venus Flytrap. CBS always had that one black dude on the show. Magnum PI, CBS show, had the one black dude. It was TC. Remember TC? <laughs> yeah, I remember TC had the helicopter. Yeah, he had the helicopter charter service. Oh, okay, because <laughs> that's how you get around Hawaii. <laughs> By the way, you got a Ferrari in, in Hawaii. You got to be salty, like, you know, because you, you, you can't do, do the style stunting on every island. I mean, I guess they do they have um um you know boats that like you can charter to move, move from island to island to get you get your whip. Cause if I got a Ferrari, I'm salty. Like man, like 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 you know. Oh, you can't go. Over yeah, the... the the women on Oahu <laughs> don't know about this. <laughs> got to show them pictures. But how how are you a PI with a Ferrari? I mean, really, like 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 <laughs> yeah, like that, you know, dudes have been following me all day. <laughs> got a got a. Got a, got a Two hundred thousand dollar whip. It's like this is crazy. Well, one thing about Magnum, he was known for pretty much three things in the show. One was his Hawaiian shirts. Two, his thick mustache, which we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that mustache a little bit later. We're going to get to my mustache list. I'm, I'm excited for that. And then third, his Detroit Tigers hat. Okay. Now, obviously, he's from Detroit, like I said earlier. He was at one point a minority owner of the Tigers. Okay. Played in the movie Mr. Baseball. As, as a Dodger. Incredible. Yeah. Big baseball fan. Okay. Which brings me to a little bit of baseball talk. Oh, man. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> we have to? Oh, man. Yeah, I think there's some. There, there's a couple interesting things going on with the, the regular season. Baseball is uh, finished just, up. Just ended, yeah. And the following teams have clinched their division. Boston Red Sox. Shout out Andrew Benintendi from Cincinnati, okay, Mar- uh, Madeira High School. The Indians, Native Americans, is what we call them now. I'm sorry. Uh, Texas, the Nationals, the Cubs. Yeah, go Cubs. You, you, do you want the Cubs to win it all? Yeah, I do. And, and, and Chris Bryant, um, big, big fan of that guy. He's been he's down with the Tykes as well too. Chris Bryant. Tell everybody what a tyke is. Uh, it's a it's a like a art character style that, that I invented a few years back, and now doing doing some big things. I don't want to be be too self self Glenn Glenn centered on the cast, but but Chris Bryant likes him. We might be doing some projects with him. I came up with this logo um, for Chris Bryant. It's a K, but it's also a B. It's KB, and and you ready for the, this marketing struggle, genius? Yep. You know what KB stands for? Curse breaker, curse breaker. That's right. Look at the curse of the goat. Chicago Cubs. K- KB curse breaker. That's well, marketing people. Well, the Cubs were the first baseball team this year to win 100 games. Okay. And the Twins were the first to lose 100 games. Well, well in fairness, they do play 500 games in, in the Major League Baseball season. Uh, 100. What do they play? 162. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. Losing a hundred games is hard, man. That's that's hard. But you still won sixty. But I mean, it's just percentage wise. It's like, yeah. But you still got to sit through a three hour game. Yeah, I would love to. Uh, What's the time on that? A hundred games. Yeah, with three hours. That's crazy. That's a lifestyle. 
I, I would I would really like to know, um, like when I'm an old man, if I just say like, look, I'm just gonna get down with a baseball team. Like I'm just gonna really, you know, what I'm saying like that's gonna be that's gonna be my thing, my stick. I'm gonna just go to the baseball game, like like follow because I don't even know how that would be like to follow a, you know, it's I'm not saying it's difficult to follow a football team, but like the Bengals played on Thursday, and Sunday came around, and I was kind of geek like. I don't really have to, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's kind of like a, a, a mandatory thing to watch the Bengals game. And, and it is from, you know, a lot of people around me. So, and that was like, man, like, like, let me, you know. So basically you've got a, you got a four hour window pretty much. Yeah. And, that, and that's such a crucial four hour window that is, is really opens up more time because, you know, it's not like you can do something at 10 o'clock if you feel like you've got to be back. You know what I'm saying? And what'd you do with your, your time? I don't know. I wasted. I was probably on a treadmill watching, watching music videos. But but the point is, I could have done something. <laughs> you know what? I and let me ask you this. I don't. I don't know if you know the answer. To this. We we need to find out. I I doubt it. Has there ever been a time in history with baseball where? How do I explain this? I don't. I don't know an easy way. Let me think of an easy way to explain this. Where? Each take your time, brother. <laughs> as, they say, to... as they say in the black church, when, when the minister's going going too long. In each division, has there been um, the teams that clinched that division from the same city? For example, in the um, AL and the NL East, both New York teams clinched. In the AL North, or in the AL, the uh, NL Central. Both Chicago teams clinched. AL, NL West, both LA teams clinched. You get what I'm saying? Not in one season that didn't happen. I mean, like, the the I mean, in one season. Yeah, like I said, the two New York teams have done it. The two LA teams have done it. The two Chicago teams may not have done it, but I don't think there was ever a year in which you basically had the playoff teams. If, if, If eight teams made the playoffs, it was actually only. Six cities because it was an overlap on 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 three of those or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm not. I, I, I doubt that has happened. Um, yeah, I doubt it too. That, but that would be that'd be pretty cool. But it would be uh, L, the L A teams and the uh, New York teams. There is a possibility that that could have happened. I don't. The New York teams are weird because they f- have found themselves to be equally successful. Very rarely in in their history, uh-huh. like like they, we did have a subway series um, a few years back with uh, Mike Piazza, um, Roger Clemens, um, Mets Yankees joint, but it doesn't happen too often. You know, and the Yankees have been were dominant for you know the Jeter era almost yearly, mm-hmm. and obviously now what you did have in the um, in the fifties, during that run, you got the Giants, um, who are the NL team. You got the Subway Series with the New York Giants before they moved to San Francisco and the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And then the one year Brooklyn, or a couple years Brooklyn, bubbled up and they finally won won a World Series as well. So you basically had all three of those teams being being really good at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, let me uh, let me segue a little bit into uh, the Dodgers is the last team that clinched that we uh, that we hadn't mentioned yet, and I want to bring up a little Dodger conversation. 
All right. You ready for this? Sure. October 2nd, 1936. Okay. The Yankees beat the Giants 18 to 4 in the World Series. A young man named Vince Scully in New York City was walking home from school and he saw the score of the game posted up on the storefront. Giants lose 18 to 4. Okay. He felt bad for the Giants. So he said, you know what? I'm going to become a Giants fan. I want them to do well. Okay. So from that point on, he became a Giants fan until 1950 when he became the broadcaster for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Okay. Fast forward to October 2nd. With Red Barber. <laughs> October 2nd, 2016, 80 years later to the day. To the day when he became a Giants fan. Uh-huh. Vince Scully called his last game as a broadcaster for the Dodgers, and the game was against? The San Francisco Giants. Yes. Ending 67 years in broadcasting. Oh, wow. Yeah. They did that. They, they, uh, hopefully they, they, they did that, that bit of scheduling. Yes. I, in, intentionally, yeah. So, they, you know, what? They, they haven't asked me. I haven't heard anything of, of – obviously he wanted the Dodgers to win, but I think he's, I think he's always he's been on record as being a Giants fan. Okay. So it was kind of a win-win. Dodgers had already clinched. And I, th- I believe that gave um, the uh, the Giants the uh, wild card game. Okay. I think that yeah. win. So kind of a win-win. My cousin is a huge Giants fan. He he, he lives in, in San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. Now, Vince Scully called the 1974 World Series the Dodgers versus the A's, in which the A's won behind the MVP of the series, Raleigh Fingers. Speaking of great mustaches, that, that was that was a a, a mustache all star team. You also had um, Catfish Hunter. Yes, that, that was known for his mustache. But what happened is um, the owner, basically um, Charlie Finley, basically let the players know that he wanted them to grow facial hair to appeal to like the young people and like the counterculture. Mm-hmm. Flair of that time, and you know, he had like the Technicolor yellow and green uniforms and stuff. I'm I'm pressed to do um some sort of um artistic motif of of, of the era of the of that time. Well, Raleigh Fingers, and once again, I said he was the MVP of the World Series. Before one of his uh, one of the games he was pitching, he got into a fight with his teammate, Blue Moon Odom. <laughs> Blue Moon Odom. Wow. And Raleigh Fingers had to get six stitches in his head. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ever mess with Blue Odom. (laughs) Anybody named Blue Odom, go the other way. Which leads us, as we talked about Raleigh Fingers with a great mustache and Tom Selleck having a great mustache. Glenn, I believe you have a list of the best mustaches. Well, well, it's it's, it's a... a, um... Best mustaches of, of the 80s. Oh, okay. Of the 80s. Cause, cause, I'm sorry. Because it was a great time for, for mustaches. What a time. What a time. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Be, before we, we get into the top five, um, we want to um, give a few honorable mentions. <laughs> Shout out mustaches. Yeah. Um, Gene Shalit, um, famous uh, movie reviewer, mo- movie critic for, for NBC, the Today Show. Mm-hmm. Um, Walt Clyde Frazier, st- still keeping up up the, the, the stash to this day. And um, as we, we mentioned, um, the brothers, um, Walter and Wallace Scott, 
of the uh, the, the seminal R and B <laughs> P band, The Whispers. <laughs> no, no. Okay, wait. Why did these guys not make the top five? Why did Why are they honorable mention? No. Here's what you have to understand. They both couldn't be number five. So in a in a, in a random selection, I'm giving Wallace. <laughs> The, the number five role because cause a, a mustache isn't something that you get to share. <laughs> and if, and if, and if folks, if you don't know who they are, please Google search them. Yeah. You'll find some great outfits too. Um, num- <laughs> number four, professional wrestler, Rick Rude. The ravishing Rick Rude. Ra- ravishing Rick Rude, who is known for his, his um, suggestive dances and and, uh, and airbrushed tights, which, which featured women's um, hands um, grabbing upward on, on, on his thighs. Um, number three, <laughs> Geraldo Rivera. Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 iconic mustache that, that's still going strong today. How do you describe his mustache? I don't know. It really has a lot of width. <laughs> it, it, it it's like it extends it's, like, it's like strong. Yes, yeah, it like it extends far past the the point at which your 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 the corner of your mouth ends. It just, it just keeps going. It's so crazy. Like 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 what does he think when he he's he's waking up in the morning and and like <laughs> yeah I'm, to I'm, yeah I'm, I'm, this is this is a, this is a work of art, art ladies. <laughs> yeah, but n- number two. Mm-hmm. Say it isn't so. You're out of touch. One on one, I want to play that game. We're not talking about Daryl Hall, people. We're talking about Mr. John Oates of 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 Hall and Oates, the the seminal '80s blue eyed soul duo, Hall and Oates. Hall, Hall and Oates put it down, people. If if you're not familiar with Hall and Oates, you need to please pause this podcast. Go to iTunes, find Hall of Notes greatest hits, and enjoy the one minute and thirty second snippets of audio gold that <laughs> that, 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 that was, was Hall of Notes. A, a lot of people don't know that. Um, I can't go for that. I can't go for that. No, no. Nah. That was that baseline is is what Quincy Jones selected um, to be the foundation of Billie Jean. And that is the song that they chose to be the the entry point into the Thriller album, which is the highest selling album of all time. Wow! Yeah, and and they they had all the songs done, but they they were looking for a sound to to be, you know, what 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 would be a serve as, as the the they didn't feel like they had an opening single, and they heard um, I can't go for that, and that was was where we 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 found ourselves in 1982. But number one on the list is a man known as Ted Lang. <laughs> but you would know him as Isaac from the Love Boat. <laughs> Love, exciting and new. I, I don't know what this is. <laughs> That's the original Love Boat. I don't know. I don't. Okay, it takes takes way too long to get in. It takes a waste in forty seconds of our lives. Okay. You like that song? I really like this song. I like the, I like the um, I guess the other version that that was that was 
that wasn't um as, as peppy as this. this this sounds like um i want a two-step a little 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 too much barry manilow involved in this by the way barry manilow has a strong greatest hits. we're gonna have to get, get into get into the, the the sounds of barry barry manilow at some point i would agree with that a little fun fact about uh isaac from the love boat okay he directed several of the love boat shows and then went <laughs> on to direct quite a few shows okay uh matter of fact i think uh, as of 2014 his name is ted lang sir isaac from the love boat <laughs> but isn't that funny how you call him isaac from the love boat yeah <laughs> that's his last name from the love from boat. the love boat <laughs> well and in tom Selleck, his mustache was I mean, it made him a sex symbol back then and what's, what's shocking about tom Selleck is the fact that he's only divorced one time <laughs> well good for him like, like you, 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 because you, you, everyone knows in Hollywood you get four of them free, <laughs> which leads to one of the biggest divorces in a long time in Man. Hollywood: Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Yeah, divorce with six kids, six kids, three of which were adopted internationally, and three are biological. Which shocks me because they all know, get that money though. You, <laughs> <laughs> Don't be trying to cut out the the the, the, the adopted ones. <laughs> But you'd think that having six kids would keep would keep the family together. It makes it harder to get divorced when you. Ha- I think when you have their particular situation, not when not when all the women still want to get with you. <laughs> get, get to your point with that. With your theory that you've told me about before. Yeah, well, it's, you know, I get sick of people talking about. Oh, would you know Angelina Jolie? She's so beautiful. It's like Brad Pitt will, because Brad Pitt is, is, is Brad Pitt. Like that's kind of how. You know the world works in like like you know, it's like classes. Like like when you're in Brad Pitt level, whatever you 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 get who you want. Like Brad Pitt's not geeking that he's got Angelina Jolie like the guy on the street would. You know what I mean? Like right. yeah yeah. If, you know, if you get me with Jessica Alba, I'm probably happy for the next ten years. But not if I'm you know the type of dude that she normally goes out with. That's kind of like the deal. Like you like sometimes have you seen like a. a a ugly dude that's a player, because uh-huh. he's a player amongst the the the, right. the ugly women he's dealing with. Right, right. So he's like you you turn on like Maury and be like, oh, it's this dude that this got these 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 three chicks, you know, fighting over him. It's like yeah, because that's the level they're on. Now, do, are you are you Team Jolie or Team Aniston in on, their in their prime in their prime? Oh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm team, team Jolie. Why is that? She's prettier. <laughs> I'm Team Aniston. So, so Mario, why don't you break the tiebreaker? Uh, Glenn's team, Jolie. I'm saying, I'm saying, Aniston. I'm with you on that. Suckers. <laughs> and, this, and this, can I can I give my explanation? Okay. All right, Jennifer Aniston. For one, and this is just my opinion, but I think she has more of a, a natural beauty. And everybody wanted her own friends. Let's just be honest. When you saw her on Friends, did you or did you not want her? I, I've always liked. I've seen movies Jennifer with Anderson. Angelina Jolie that I didn't quite so much care for. Oh, you didn't want Laura Croft? She was okay. No, I'm just talking about 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 just pure looks. I'm not talking about the. I it was arguable whether um um Jennifer Aniston is better looking than Courtney Cox. That that that's still a debate in my wait, mind. Wait, no, wait, wait, wait. When was that ever a debate? 
Oh, it's, it's a debate right now. No, that, that's never been a that, that was certainly a debate. That it, was not a debate. That, that was a debate, sir. For, okay, for, for me, Jennifer Aniston, in my, I've always thought she's been consistently very good looking. Where I think Angelina Jolie has had her moments where she's been beautiful, and then other moments is like, eh. At her peak, she's be- like, I can give it to Jennifer he, Aniston as even being more consistent. But, but. There are nights in which Angelina Jolie could score 70 points, and you know that. <laughs> there, when when but, she gets hot. But but Jennifer Aniston will give you 33 rebounds. Yeah, she might be, yeah you might want to build a team around, around, around okay. Jennifer Aniston. But I'm saying if, if you had one, one night and, and she was on her game, it's not, I don't even think it's close. I'm going to just put it like this. Nick Young scored 60 points in the game before. But he never scored seventy. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, Nick, well, Nick Young could, could be be. I'm uh, not building my team around him. Yeah, but I'm just saying that that was based on volume. You you could win the game with 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 with, with um, Angelina Jolie. Well, segueing back to Tom Selleck, one thing about him is in in the her act, lips were natural in the, in the acting world. <laughs> you 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 know obviously people get typecasted and Tom Selleck. If he wasn't playing a private investigator or a police chief of some sort, his roles were kind of, eh. <laughs> He wasn't acting. <laughs> he was just known. I think, you know, the Magnum pretty much put him in a certain lane. Yeah, he was and, typecast. Yep. No most, most recently, um, he's playing a police, police chief in Blue Bloods. Yeah. Which, the NBA season's coming up as we talk about police in – the NBA, the NBA has been talking a lot about what they're going to do in regards to a lot of the protests that have been going on that were started by um, Colin Kaepernick. Glenn, have you heard some of the discussions about this with the NBA? I have. <laughs> and, and, and we were talking about this earlier. David West has been protesting for years, and, and people didn't know. Well, I mean, I think his per- protest was more or less just a personal thing that he just, you know, he, he apparently – stands back slightly from the row of, of people when the national anthem's being so it's kind of you know it's something he was just doing on his own i don't think it was a it was no i mean it's kind of weird because what's a protest if it's not public you know what i mean like i could say every time the the national anthem is playing in my house before uh, nba game i actually um lay on my back and, and, and spread my arms open and people are like well yeah so i've, I've been doing that and so people were like, well, what, well, you know, if it's not known, is it a protest? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you could, you know, you can do your your private protest all you want, but I don't know. Now that it's known, I get, I guess it 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 will cause some sort of of controversy. But let me tell you one thing, people: David West is the wrong dude to bring your anger with. <laughs> it, generally known around NBA circles as, as the number one person in NBA that you don't want to throw hands with. He's a tough dude. LeBron yesterday endorsed Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And he wrote a No 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 surprise there. No. No. Yeah. Uh, but I think the letter yeah, that yeah. he that he penned. Yeah, I'm glad he 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 actually um, uh, you know, opined something thoughtful about it as opposed to just saying, yeah, you know. And 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 speaking of Hillary Clinton, I, I really want to get into this as we get towards the the end here of our podcast. I want to talk about the, the first presidential debate we had between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Did you did you expect it to go the, go the way it went? 
Well, I expected her to win, but um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's it's. Um, what do you, what do you mean by, in your eyes, how did she win that debate? Uh, it's it's almost beating Trump. It, it isn't a matter of because he doesn't really speak on any particulars of the issues as far as you know just other than just kind of saying like cliche things like he doesn't really get into any, any of the like specifics of, of of you know policies and and that's like Hillary's thing so it's tough for her not to win just on now if you grade it on a curve saying that okay we expect her to wipe the floor with him and he holds his own then that's a different thing. But generally everyone, you know, even, even the conservative media conceded that, that she won and, and the polling post debate indicates that. And, and what's the, what's really weird to me this year is that whenever we have a stage such as the conventions or now with the debate, her numbers go up and it's almost as if the more exposure you have to both of these people, the more, you know, the more successful she's been. So I don't know what explains for the downtime, the, the polls start to close. So like, like it'll probably narrow again before the next debate and then they'll widen and narrow and widen. But, but yeah, I mean, well, here, here was my thing with the debate. I, I looked at it as this, okay, you, you've got your Clinton supporters and you got your Trump supporters. I don't think either one are moving. I think it's the people that are undecided going into watching the debate and after watching the debate, who are these people, and, by the way? <laughs> so. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't know who they are, but <laughs> I, I feel as if the undecided people still are undecided. I don't think either one moved those people. Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, the, the polls would show that 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 she gained, so I, I guess she she picked up somebody. But it's but it's, I mean. I want I want to if if you tell me that you're undecided about these two people, I almost just want to punch you <laughs> Be, because it, it's such a difference. It's not like like you're debating a whole lot of nuance. You know what I'm saying? Like like there's a thing online that that um if you just Google like um like candidate quiz or whatever, and you basically can match up that they'll ask you maybe 20 questions on on um you know the issues and you mark, you know, how much, you know, intensity you care about this issue and it'll assign you a score to what candidate, you know, that, that, that suits you the best. Mm -hmm. And nobody's coming up with like 50, 50, Mm -hmm. like it, like it's impossible. Like I did mine. It was like 98% Jill Stein, which is like the, the super liberal candidate, 96% Hillary Clinton then like 37% Gary Johnson, 26% Trump. So I can't see like, like there's no series of, of those questions unless I'm so weirdly distant on, on, on certain issues that, 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 you know, everyone would kind of like, you know, like you wouldn't be um, super in favor of gay marriage and super against um, marijuana legalization mm-hmm. <laughs> like who, who who is that person that, that says like yeah gay marriage marriage um all for it um legalization of marijuana no way in hell <laughs> so so yeah well well listen watching the debate and i you know going to college and, and being a communication major and 
you know, having to give speeches and watch speeches and all that. I, I kind of look for those things when I watch debate style. You majored in dance. And uh, <laughs> I, I got moves, you know this. But with, with, uh, with the start of the debate, and I, I think I told you this, I kind of broke it down in the, in the two halves when watching the debate. Hillary Clinton seemed that she was overprepared for the debate at the, I mean, at the start, it was very apparent apparent to me. And Trump was, was I thought, I thought he was loose. Uh-huh. But I thought a little bit after the 45-minute mark, Hillary started to relax a little bit, partly because Trump was just saying, you know, dumb stuff. But She made halftime adjustments. She made a halftime adjustment. And she started loosening up. And, like Urban Meyer. And, <laughs> but and then, and then Trump just, you know, he starts to... Loses cool and and what was the deal with uh, saying that he could have said some very ugly remarks about about uh, <laughs> like if you're not going to say them then why imply that you, that you could, could have, have said, said them, them right because that in itself is essentially bringing up the point in which you said that you were so dignified not to mention he can say just about any crazy thing at this point. Yeah, and 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 would not people, lose support for for oh. his, his core constituent Pe- people who claim to be so honorable, so uh, morally high bur- high fiber. I mean, by the way, um, the conservative candidate is the one who's had the the multiple divorces th- this time. You know what I mean? Like, like you can't really get around that. It it, it said things about women that are so oh crazy, so so far fetched. And nope, that's my guy. Yeah. What do you, what do you expect with the, the two more debates? Uh-huh. A total of three. We got two more. What do you expect with these next two debates? Well, the next one is the town hall. So that that's kind of a, always a different um, um, setting. It's, it's less formal. So on one hand, I don't think Hillary can um, prepare for that so to speak. But if you get one of these rogue people who really goes after Trump, it, it's a, it's a opportunity for something just crazy to happen. Like mm-hmm. if somebody just, just went super hard after Trump and he gets mad at him or whatever, it's like, like this is, this is just made for television. Right. So, so I don't know. I mean, I expect, I mean, I expect her to probably win all, all three, you know, technically, but like I said, what the the degree to which people's minds are changed, it just kind of it it almost seems like everything just confirms what people already believe, which is kind of I don't know. It's like an exercise in futility. Like if the election was held tomorrow, mm-hmm. what's going to be different if, if the election was you know when it's actually held? I mean, people keep saying, oh, you know the the hacks are going to bring bring some new information about Hillary's emails, whatever. That's right. going to be unflattering, but. I don't know. People now, are dug in. If if you think, do you think that if if Hillary, this next debate, the town hall, if she pretty much just cleans house with that one, the third one is going to be very important for Trump. I mean, do you think he's just going to go all out wild? <laughs> I mean, you think he's just he's just got some stuff in the back pocket. He's just going to throw out some crazy stuff. Well, I mean, it's his um, you know, it's it's, it's your your um final um close up so yeah there's no telling by the way mention nothing about the wall uh, uh, at the first debate well yeah I, and i think both i think with both candidates there were things they probably wanted to get into but 
don't you think they're saving some of that for the later debates? Uh, well, I mean, if you make something your central, like, like, like call yeah. and response issue for the, for the past, you know, nine months, you think that you'd want to, um, bring that up and discuss yeah. that. But everyone knows that, that that's something, the feasibility of that happening is like none. Right. Like, by the way, they won't approve funding to get the bridges fixed. <laughs> and, and you talk about building a wall. How about how about getting the Brent Spence Bridge <laughs> fixed? Yeah. Before, before we all tumble into the Ohio River uh, one evening on our way to the Amazon, <laughs> the Amazon storage facility. Everybody crashes into, into the Ohio River. Well, Glenn, I think we're going to need to discuss. An ongoing challenge that we're going to have every week, and we're on our second week. It's the Krispy Kreme game of death. In our first week, Krispy Kreme went up against Graders. Krispy Kreme took out Graders. This week, Krispy Kreme takes on Kroger Donuts. Yep. Glenn? Krispy Kreme once again. This one, I don't want to say it was a blowout. But it, it, it was it was a it was a, um, a fairly decisive victory. Why is that? What we're noticing thus far has been the consistency, as far as not not consistency is in, is in Jennifer Aniston, but but <laughs> but consistency as far as um, the the um, my girl the um, the composition of the donut structure. We're getting a better donut from from Krispy Kreme in in the first two two competitors. Um, taste wise, and, and and we're really learning something because I don't think too many people have had the opportunity to taste um, multiple donuts from different um, manufacturers back to back. So it, it's really you know a, a donut mm-hmm. in a, a glazed donut in a vacuum tastes like any other. Um, glazed donut but when you have a chance to c- contrast and compare you can see the difference and I thought there was a larger difference on, on this one on the Krispy Kreme to the Kroger's and um, you know Kroger's makes a good donut but but it, but it was it was it was in a different class it was it was um, it was it was a, a, a $50,000 car going against a, a, a $32,000 car and you didn't have to race them. You could just look on the speedometer and you, you know which, 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 which was faster. So Krispy Kreme advances again to week three. And by the way, we, we probably need for it to advance to continue this bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I want to uh, segue into one of my favorite segments in which we go back in time and take a look at some old hip-hop, R&B, late 80s. 90s artists that you might not be familiar with songs you're like oh yeah yeah i remember that oh oh i remember that guy or 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 hey that rings a bell that's right <laughs> the artist this week is no other than philly's own larry lair <laughs> formerly of the hilltop hustlers crew you know that larry lair was going to be in a group with est from three times dope and kwame <laughs> <laughs> it was the three of them. How many people even know what those names are? <laughs> but like, like that, that would be a super group uh, these days. When you listen to our podcast, you better have Google search ready. Man, I, I, I can't take um, three times dope funky dividends 
Oh, that's may have been my favorite song in the 80s. How about the dance routine that went with that song that they performed on Arsenio? That that is the greatest, the single greatest Arsenio Hall <laughs> performance ever done is, is is hands down three times dope. It starts off with just the DJ cutting up a um um the word three times dope and these two dudes dancing. Now now here here's where it get get, get gets funky. The song featured a woman having a conversation with with with, with ES about um fi- financial issues with, <laughs> with within their relationship and she was sitting on Arsenio's couch. So in the middle of the round when he's he's talking to her he goes over to Arsenio's couch and is, is rapping to her. And this is full utilization of the stage, people. No, no one ever broke the third wall in, in, in that manner before three times dope. And and they and, and he goes back over. I think he drops back with the with the dancers. He does his dance. And, uh-huh. and it, it, it's absolutely clear. It's it's all that you can yep. want and more. I I I, I very few times have I, I, I seen a performance and when I was done, I said yeah, there's there's nothing else they could have done with that. They, they cleaned their plate. There was no kernel left unpopped in that bag <laughs> on funky dividends. It was it was um one one hundred percent a plus plus smiley face and a sticker. Give this to your mom. You're a good boy. Well, that that whole that and I agree with you on on all that all that you said. Damn right. That that Philly scene for hip hop during that time, <laughs> it was it was great. And there were uh, there was Cool C, uh, Jazzy Jeff, Fresh Prince, obviously, Steady B. Ironically, Steady B and Cool C are both in prison. Or they, they Steady, Steady B had a cool look. I can't say Steady B's music ever ever lived up to to his 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 um, appearance, but but if you look at um. Said the Steady B serious video. Oh yeah, no, no one looked like Steady B. He he wore some um, Kazell glasses, and and was um, much like Def Jeff, we, strangely <laughs> overweight. You know, like like everybody in shape pretty much has the same body. Everybody overweight um, has has wild variations. <laughs> yes, well, Steady B is uh, is still in prison, and he looks totally different now. That's a shame. Lost a lot of weight. He's got a goatee and I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. That 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 destroys it when you you know they had that look from that nineties, and it's it's yeah, they it's totally gone. abandoned that suckers. But back hey, back to Larry Lair. He's not getting out of prison, is he? <laughs> no, he's there for a while. He killed a man. Larry Larry Lair actually was a woman. It oh, was a woman. Oh, that's even worse. It was a woman uh, guard oh, you're at, never, when they robbed the bank. You're never getting out. Uh, Larry Lair signed to Rough House Records. Okay. And his first album was called The Wizard of Odds. Odds is spelled O-D-D-S. Wizard of Odds. Was he a gambler? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> his first single was called Confused, but the single that made him popular was Larry. That's what they call me. Uh, <laughs> Spell it. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's 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 great. I, I liked Larry Larry just just on that song, but beyond that, it was uh, it, it was a rap. You remember that song? Uh, I'm not super familiar with that one. By the way, yeah, there was another Larry song that 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 we've got to find at some point. You speak of Grandmaster Flash's song Larry's Dance Theme. That must be it. Yeah, that's the one you uh, that's the one you speak of. Yeah, you're, you're sleep on that. <laughs> but no that 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 philly there, there needs to be a documentary on the philly hip-hop scene with 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 all those i mean it was a, a very low budget documentary <laughs> <laughs> one of the uh what's the bet's documentaries unsung oh uh, yeah yeah by the way i'm a, I'm a huge oh, kwame fan bt awards is coming up rap hip-hop awards is this week right oh is it yeah we got, got oh, gotta watch that just for the ciphers oh yeah Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Nothing else is really important no. in the video. Guess who is hosting? Who's that? DJ Khaled. Oh okay. yeah, that's, that's fair enough. DJ Khaled posted his tyke. Oh, did he? Yeah, Michigan related. Really? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. He hosted the uh, Michigan. Um, it was Jalen Rose and DJ Khaled okay. for the unveiling of the Michigan uniforms. Yeah, so there, there you go. Shout, shout out to Mario. Mario's excited. Yeah, he's geeking. Look at him, smiling back he, there. He thinks, oh, Cali cannot save your franchise, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey. Um, they don't want you to make a field goal. We we have to, it, before we sign off here today, mention uh, a friend yeah, yeah. that passed away. Glenn, I'll let you speak about him. Yeah, the um, boy Devin Johnson um, died tragically a couple weeks ago in a motorcycle accident. He was... Um, Real popular cat locally, uh, had a barbershop, known probably as like the best um, just street dancer in um, tri-state area. Absolutely. Um, and the, yeah, I mean, he, he was cold. Um, the last uh, few years um, was actually a stylist for um, a couple of uh, big time cats. Um, Gary Owens, the comedian, and um, Bill Bellamy that uh, a lot of people know and um had a chance to um you know met him mm, probably in the nineties. Um actually met at Swift and Commons. He was the first person I know that actually had uh, a a triple five so hat. If 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 Was that the 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 one that tied up top? Yeah, yeah. Or the okay. Yeah, he he had uh <laughs> me me and my best friend um Norm uh, were hanging out at Swift and and he uh he's like, Yeah, I got one of those hats and we were just like, uh, okay. He was like, No, I'm gonna show it to you. Like, all right, so but had his trunk, he had like a, a like two or three triple five so had something like that. You were like, ah, oh. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, but uh, I had it. Mine was orange and white. Okay, striped. I had a, I think I had a maroon, maroon and white stripe. Yeah, but real thin stripes. I wish the stripes had been been larger. But but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, good dude and stuff. Um, you know, always always jovial and stuff. Um, was yeah. um, good, good friend with a couple of friends of mine and stuff and um. Really sad to um, see him go, and uh, so I guess we're dedicating this podcast now. Yeah, yep. my 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 one uh, Devin story real quick is uh, when I was playing basketball, the University of Cincinnati. We used to go to a club called um, uh, the Yacht Club. Okay. I forgot for yeah, a second yeah. the Yacht Club, and we went to the top floor. And I had my teammates with me: Kenyon Martin, Ruben Patterson, just a bunch of the guys. We were all at the club, and we were at the top section, and. I saw Devin and I told my teammates, you need to see this guy dance. Like, you've never seen anybody dance like this guy. 
And the DJ, the, the way it was set up there, there was like an area to dance, and it was kind of cleared. You know, back in the day when everyone used to do their little solo routines and all that stuff. And so he got out there and – I'd do that now. He, for about two songs, Devin just went in. And my teammates were like, that is crazy. They had not seen anything. I said, I told you. And so Devin pulled me in one time to uh to dance and do some stuff whatever during the little in the little circle whatever so i did some stuff and i'll never forget this he pulled me to the side and he showed me one of the steps he was doing he was like you need to do you need to do this one okay so i will never ever forget that one of the best dancers good dude like you said always jovial yeah yeah um also two other people had passed away and uh we'll just Briefly mention them: Arnold Palmer, yeah, yeah, and uh, Jose Fernandez. Yeah, that was that was tragic. So the, the speedboat accident, crazy. Yeah, yeah. The memorial for that was super sad. Yeah, I mean, that's like twenty four years old. Yeah, and um, Arnold Palmer, how old was he? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, he was. Was, he was in, in those commercials. He, he he seemed like he was he was getting up there. So yeah. I mean, but I guess he I think he was in his late eighties. But yeah. Yeah. Well, rest in peace, Devin Johnson, Arnold Palmer, Jose Fernandez, and we want to thank everybody for listening to another episode of the No Further Comments podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, and I'm Glenn Riley. Uh, till we meet again. Yep.